Masechus the Maya Perak Gimel Mishnah Beis until Perak Gimel Mishnah Hey. The focus of this Perak is that one must make sure not to be responsible for causing other people to eat produce which has not been tithed. Whether that produce be Tevel or Demai, either way it's forbidden to be eaten by most people, and you've got to make sure that you don't cause somebody else to eat this forbidden produce. And that's why, as we have seen before, if you sell or you give produce to an Amharetz, who you know will not tithe the produce himself, then however much you give him, whether it's a small amount or a large amount, if the buyer is an Amharetz, then the seller must make sure to separate the maestros before selling it to him. And this mission will provide a few more examples of what one needs to do in order to make sure that he doesn't cause other people to eat non-tithed produce. And the first scenario discussed in our mission is somebody who is transporting vegetables from one place to another, and they're very heavy, so he wants to get rid of some and put them and leave them on the side of the road. However, if he puts these vegetables, which are obligated in Maestras, on the side of the road, then an Amhoaretz might come and find the vegetables and end up eating them without separating the tithes. And that would have been caused by you. So the mission tells us, One who wants to detach the leaves of vegetables, he wants to cut those off, in order to lighten his burden on the journey, and leave them on the side of the road, he's not allowed to leave them and throw them onto the side of the road, until he separates the maestras, so that if an Amharet does come and eats this produce, it will have been tithed. Now this applies to any produce which he leaves on the side of the road. The point of the mission is that it even applies to leaves, which are not that commonly eaten, and so it's less likely that an Amaretz will come to eat it. Nevertheless, since it is a possibility, you have to avoid it by separating the maestras before leaving it on the side of the road. The next scenario involves an actual sale. Now halachically, in order to transfer ownership of something to somebody else, it's not enough that he pays you for it. Rather, when it comes at least to small movable items, he has to perform what is known as a hagbar, lifting it up. That is how he acquires it, and as soon as he lifts it up, as soon as the buyer lifts it up, it becomes owned by the buyer. Now the case of our Mishnah is where the buyer and the seller agreed on a price per bundle of vegetables. So they said for every bundle, let's say, it will cost such and such an amount. And then the buyer picked up a few bundles. He doesn't yet know how much he picked up exactly, but he wants to buy this amount. Which means that even though he doesn't yet know how much he'll have to pay the seller, because he doesn't know how many bundles he picked up, since the price was already agreed upon, and he wants to buy all of these bundles which he picked up, when he picks them up, he intends to acquire the bundles, the bundles of vegetables, as he picks it up, via the Hagbar. So, one who buys vegetables from the marketplace, so he's picked up the vegetables after agreeing on the price, and then after counting how many he got, he decides to return them, and now he decides, you know, I don't want to buy these vegetables anymore. Now, halakhically speaking, when he gives them back to the seller, he is in effect selling them back to him. And in our case, the seller, the original seller, the merchant, is an Amharetz. And that means that if the buyer is now selling him back the produce, you're not allowed to sell an Amharetz any produce without first separating the mices from it. Which means that he cannot return it to the seller until he separates the mices from it. Which means that he's going to actually make a loss, because he has to give everything that he bought. Plus, he has to separate the maestros, so he is going to make a loss. And the mission explains, The only thing which was missing here was the number of how many he was going to acquire. Meaning, like we explained, he intended to acquire those vegetables when he picked them up. The only question was how many that he picked up and how much it will cost, depending on how many he picked up. 
but he intended to acquire all of those, and therefore he did acquire them, so when he gives them back, it's like he is selling them back, and therefore has to separate the mitzvahs first. However, if they didn't agree on a price, and he was just standing there and looking for which one to buy, even if he picks one up, he doesn't intend to acquire it by picking it up, and therefore no acquisition is made, no transfer of ownership occurs, so Virat turn acher. If he sees another bundle of vegetables, which is better than the one that he's just picked up, and he wants to buy that one instead, then he's allowed to return and put back the first vegetable which he picked up, because he didn't drag it towards him, meaning because he did not acquire it via the Hagbar, since he didn't intend to acquire it, and therefore he can pick up as many vegetables as he likes, it's only when he intends to acquire it that he actually owns it, and then becomes obligated to separate the mices from it. Mishnah Gimel, on a similar note, Hamaitse appears by Derech, one who finds produce on the road, and this produce comes from a species which is obligated in Maestras, and he takes them in order to eat them. So because he is intending to eat them, as he picks them up, he acquires them via a Hagbar, which means that they are now his, which means that he has responsibility to separate Maestras from them. So even if Venimlach Latznia, he changes his mind, and he decides to hide them, meaning to put them in a more protected place on the road, so they don't get trampled, well they're now his. So it's like he's putting his own produce on the side of the road, and since an Amharet might come and eat it himself, he cannot hide it in that protected area until he separates the mice from it. However, if originally he only picked them up so that they don't get destroyed by people walking over them, that means that when he picked them up, he always intended just to move them. He never intended to acquire them for himself, and therefore even though he did lift it up, no transfer of ownership goes on. He doesn't acquire them, and therefore it is not his responsibility to separate the Maestras, so Potter, he is exempt from doing so. Now, we mentioned in the previous Perek that if one is selling produce to a non-Amharetz, so if he's selling him a large amount and not making a lot of profit from it, then he doesn't have to separate all the tithes. But if he's selling it in small quantities at a time, and therefore he makes a lot of profit from it, so it's the seller who needs to tithe the produce before selling it. Because since he's making a lot of profit, Chachom said that the obligation is upon him. Now, if that's the case, you would think that if somebody gives as a gift to somebody else, he gives produce, which is a small amount of produce, since over here he's making no profit at all, so it should certainly be the receiver who is obligated to take the maestras. However, the Mishnah tells us, anything which one's not allowed to sell as the mai, namely small quantities, where you make a lot of profit, because you sell them individually, you cannot send to your friend as a gift, as the mai, unless you separate the maestras from it first. Even though the reason doesn't apply, there's a rule called leipruk, which means that we don't make exceptions, and the Chachom did not differentiate between selling or giving it to somebody else. At the end of the day, you're giving it to the other person, and since these are quite similar things, they didn't make an exception in this case, because then you might come to apply the exception even when you sell it to him. So again, even though the reason doesn't apply, because he's making no profit, nevertheless, it's the giver who needs to separate the maestras. Now, Rabbi is going to argue on one point, and very interestingly, we're going to have a case where Tevel, which is produce from which the tithes have certainly not been separated from, that is going to be more lenient than Demai, where it's a doubt as to whether the tithes have been separated. Rabbi Mater Bavadai. Rabbi allows somebody to give definite Tevel to somebody else as a gift without separating Mises first, as long as he tells the receiver that he hasn't tithed the produce yet. And the reason for Rabbi is because people are generally more careful with Tevel. 
Because separating mices from tevel is made at Raisa, and the punishment for eating tevel is very severe, anyone who is not an Amhoretz will make sure to separate the Maestras from tevel, and he won't forget. However, when it comes to Demai, even if he's not an Amhoretz, so he usually is careful about separating the tithes, if it's Demai, he might forget, he might not be as cautious to make sure that he tithes the produce, and therefore Rabiasi only allows you to give him tevel as a gift without separating Maestras, because if you tell him that it's tevel, then he will most probably separate the maestros himself and won't forget. And the reason for Biasi is because we do apply an exception in this case, because the reason doesn't apply, because he's making no profit, and therefore he does not need to separate the maestros before giving it. But as we explained, this only applies to Tevel, but not to Demai. Mishnah Dalet, the Kusim were a group of people who converted as a nation to become Jewish. Now, for a long time, there was a doubt as to whether their conversion was genuine, it was possibly out of fear, because there were lions attacking them, or possibly they actually meant it, and they genuinely converted to become Jewish. And there are many Mishnayas which view them as Jews, many Mishnayas which view them as non-Jews. Because for many years, it was a doubt as to whether they were Jewish. Now, later on, it was discovered that indeed they were not genuine, and they still served Arodizara. And from that point on, they were considered like regular non-Jews. However, when the Mishnah refers to Kusim, it refers to the stage, the period of time, where it was not certain whether they were properly Jewish. So the Mishnah tells us, Hamolichitim, one who brings wheat, Letochin Kusi, to a grinder who is a Kusi. Or to a grinder who is an Amharetz. And he gives it to them in order for them to grind it into flour. And then he picks it up from them. He picks out the flower. Now, because both of these people, either the Kusi or the Amharets, were not reliable in terms of separating the Maestras, the Kusim didn't accept all parts of Torah, the question arises as to when I pick up that flower, do I need to be worried that it's not the same flower, that it doesn't come from the wheat which I gave them? That perhaps they may have switched it with somebody else's flower, and that somebody else might be an Amharetz, which means that this flower is untithed, which means I would have to separate Maestros again. So the Mishnah says you do, not be, you do not need to be concerned for that, because although these people are not trusted in terms of Maestros, we don't suspect them of stealing, and to switch around the produce is stealing. Rather, because Kosan la Maestros, they remain with their previous status with regards to Maestros. So we assume that since you gave him wheat, which was already tithed, the flour which you're receiving is from that wheat, and therefore you do not need to separate Maestros again. As well as this, Velashavius, they also retain their original status with regards to Shmita. Now, Shmita produce, produce from the seventh year, every seven years there's a Shmita year, and there are special laws which apply to produce which grew in the Shmita year, and you can't really use that produce for your own benefit. Now, if you give him flour, if you give him wheat and you get flour back, here too you do not need to worry that they switch the flour with somebody else's flour, and this new flour which you're receiving is flour from wheat which grew in the Shmita year. You don't need to worry about that because, once again, an Amaoret and a Kusi are not suspected of stealing and switching around the produce. However, if you give it to, to a non-Jew to grind, then Demai, the flour which you get back, is considered Demai. The reason being that the non-Jew is suspected of stealing, and he is suspected of switching around the flour and the, the wheat, and giving you somebody else's flour, and that somebody else might be an Amaretz, which means that the flour you're receiving back is not necessarily tithed, you're not sure, and therefore it's considered Demai, because it might have come from an Amaretz. Similarly, says the Mishnah, one who gives his produce to a kusi for him to look after, and he's going to come and collect it later on. Or he gives it to an Amharetz to look after. Once again, these people are not suspected of switching around this produce, and therefore, they retain whatever status they had with regards to Maestras and Shmita. So if they had already been tithed, then we assume that this is the same produce, so you don't need to tithe it again. And if it wasn't Shmita produce, you can assume that it is indeed the same produce. And the point of the mission is to tell us 
that even in this case, where the Amorites or the Kusi wouldn't really lose out by switching it, they wouldn't lose any business or anything, unlike the previous case, if they're found to be stealing, then people are going to stop bringing their wheat to them for them to grind, and they get money from that. But even in this case, where they wouldn't lose out anything by switching it, we still don't suspect them of switching it because that's stealing. Now what happens if you give it Eitzel Anochri, you give the produce to a non-Jew to keep for a while, so over here, Kefei Reisov, you've got to treat this as if it was the non-Jew's produce. You've got to be concerned that the non-Jew switched it with his own produce. Now you don't need to be concerned that he switched it with an Amharitz's produce, because unlike in the previous case of the grinder, here there's unlikely to be other people who gave this person things to look after. He's not doing business or anything, you just gave it to a random person to look after for a bit. So it's unlikely that there's another Amharitz who gave him something similar to you, and how the non-Jew is going to switch them. Rather, the only thing you need to be worried about is that the non-Jew switched it with his own produce and now you're getting what the non-Jew had. But either way, you're going to be exempt from separating Maestras. If you're getting your own produce back, then of course you're exempt because you already separated Maestras at the beginning, before you gave it to him. And if you get the non-Jew's produce, well according to this Mishnah at least, a non-Jew's produce is exempt from Maestras. So either way, you will not need to tithe that produce which you get back from him. However, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Rabbi Shimon says Demai, you need to treat this as Demai, because according to Rabbi Shimon, there is still a possibility that another Amharetz gave the non-Jew something to look after, and that the non-Jew switched them, and gave you the Amharetz's produce, and therefore you do need to worry that it is Demai, and therefore you would need to tithe it before eating it. Mishnah, hey, we're now going to have a case where the Amharetz is possibly suspected of stealing. But this is a particular Amharetz. Hanusana Pundokis says the Mishnah, one who gives produce to a female innkeeper, and we're talking about where he gives her raw produce and she is going to cook it for him. The halacha is, according to the Tanakama, Ma'asra Eshru Noisinla, he has to separate Maestras from that which he gives her, and as well as that, Eshru Noisinla, and that which he takes from her, he also has to separate Maestras from that. The reason being, because she is suspected of switching the food with her own food. Even though in general an Amoritz is not suspected of theft, when it comes to an innkeeper, there's more reason to suspect her of switching it, because she wants to make her guests very happy. The Gemara explains that we're talking about a particularly honourable person, so she wants to honour him and make sure she gets the best food. And because she's doing it for his good, he has to separate mices before giving her the food, because otherwise he may be the cause of her eating his non-tithed produce. And as well as that, that which he takes back from her, since she may have switched it with her own food, she's an Amharetz, which means her food is the Mai, and therefore he does need to separate Maestras um, from the cooked food which he gets from her, in case it is from her own produce. Now, Rabbi agrees that she is suspected of changing the food with her own food. However, according to Rabbi we assume that she is not doing it for his honour, or to serve him, rather she's doing it for her own sake. She wants his food, and she reasons that she really is entitled to it because she's doing so much work for him, so she can rationalise to herself and convince herself that she is worthy to take his food. But because she is doing it totally out of dishonesty, and not for his sake, so on Rabbi says, we're not responsible for liars. We're not responsible for preventing somebody who is dishonest from doing an Aveira via his dishonesty. That's totally his fault, her fault, if she ends up doing an Aveira by eating that produce. He's not causing that her to do the Aveira, and therefore he does not need to separate Maestras before giving the produce to her to prevent her from doing an Aveira. However, th- since this produce has not yet been tithed, he will certainly need to separate Maestras when he gets it back from her, whether it's his produce or her produce. So, he only needs to separate Maestras from that which he takes back from her, but not that which he gives her, because according to Biyasi, he's not considered causing her to eat untithed produce, because she's just totally dishonest, and she's bringing it upon herself, and therefore he only needs to separate Maestras once.